Hey guys, and thank you for tuning in live today. Today is January 8th, um, and this is a live stream started at 1 p.m. I'm your host, Jason Leeser. And if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and in the chats, and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. And welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, and collectors, and the curious are all encouraged to join in these live streams, real world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 shows going on at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as all of the major podcast directories such as Apple and Spotify. But no matter where you are watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and greatest information and updates, as well as the most up-to-date schedule, all at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. We've got a number of sample webinars from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. We've got free advice from Guy Aitchison about your unique goals. Um, we've got a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown, as well as a full event schedule with weekly and special event live stream details. We have access to the Reinventing 24-7 channel, which is a lot like our Roku channel. It's got 13 shows playing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You also have access to a full load of professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattooers. Once again, if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and in the chats, and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. Maybe it's someone looking to get a tattoo or maybe break into the tattoo industry. Um, tag them all. Tag your mom, tag your friends, tag everyone else that might you think might be interested in this. In addition to today's show, we also have a number of weekly staple shows that we always encourage people to tune into as well. Starting on Sundays at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, here for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. Following this on Mondays, we have four shows that we encourage people to tune into. Starting at 9 a.m., we have Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we discuss basic drawing techniques and strategies. Following that, at 11 a.m. on Mondays, we have the Tattoo Weekly Show with Lauren Gregory, Jake Meeks from the Fireside Network, and Gabe Ripley of Tattoo Now. Following that, on Mondays at 5 p.m., we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple. Um, absolutely awesome show, by the way. Super phenomenal. Um, highly recommend you definitely check that one out as well. And capping off Monday nights at 9 p.m., we have a subscribers exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew and Guy Aitchison. Following that on Tuesdays at 10 a.m., we have the Tuesday Feels Drawing Group with a very good friend of mine, incredibly talented tattooer and fine artist, Ricardo Servant. Um, I always try to jump into that one if at all possible. Wednesdays at 1 p.m., we have the Tattoo Now show with Gabe Ripley, where we dive into some of the more business aspects behind tattooing. 
And following that, capping off the week on Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker. Um, another really great show. Highly recommend you check them all out. Would like to go through and take a quick minute to find some of our sponsors and mention them. These are the people that make this show happen. Starting with WorldTattooEvents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. They're constantly updating all of, all of the convention information and event information because, as we know, living in this post-pandemic era, things are still getting rescheduled like crazy. So for the latest and greatest, most up-to-date tattoo event information coming to a city near you, or maybe it's a city you want to visit, who knows? Go to worldtattooevents.com for the latest and greatest, most up-to-date event information. We'd also like to thank DLize Pro, also known as Dermalize in the rest of the world. Protect your art. If you're still using plastic wrap to wrap your tattoos after you're done with them, it's probably time to step your game up. Um, watch some videos of tattooers to see what it's all about was designed by wound care specialists, specifically designed to heal tattoos. You can't go wrong with D-Lies Pro. TattooNow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattoo artists of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything competitive and up-to-date with the latest and greatest of CRM software, mailing list software, scheduling software, whatever you need, they can help you provide it and they can help you optimize your time. Take a look at tattoonow.com for the latest technology in tattooing. And of course, this wouldn't be the Reinventing the Tattoo Network with a very deep heartfelt thank you to the man, the myth and the legend the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo, Guy Aitchison. You can find him at GuyAitchison.com, where you can pick up a copy of his Biomech Encyclopedia, some of his DVDs, a couple of his custom coil machines for sale. Sometimes he has original oil paintings and countless prints, all available at GuyAitchison.com. would also like to thank two of our affiliates, the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols for people that are just starting out on their apprenticeship journey. Um, take a look at the Apprenticeship Diaries. There is a wealth of great information for you guys in there. For those of you that might already be, you know, tattooing full time, but maybe you're looking for an alternate source of information. Take a look at the Fireside Tattoo Network with Jake Meeks. Another great source of information where he does tons of interviews and walkthroughs about all different types of things tattoo related. Um, as always, we always ask that if you enjoyed today's show, go through and post a positive review on our channel. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button to make sure that you stay up to date with the next available show coming up on this channel. And please help us get the word out. If you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event, become a sponsor of our community, or maybe you're looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always find that by emailing us at management at reinventingthetattoo.com. And let's get rolling with today's show. We've got a number of people already joining us today. Um, we will do... 
We've got Pat McKay with us. We've got Nicole Williams, uh, Ricardo Sertivant, who I will be joining tomorrow um, down in the great state of Illinois as we prepare for our journey over to uh, the great hyperspace studios. Um, should be an absolutely excellent time. Can't wait. Always love getting together with Ricardo. Uh, let's see if we can get everyone to unmute themselves. Nicole, you, oh, that, yep, there you go. And Ricardo is still muted, but I know he said he's got a lot of stuff going on. So he, uh, yep, there we go. Ricardo's got a client in the chair today. Absolutely crushing it as always. Way to go, Ricardo. Um, get a little bit of Ricardo working here today, which is pretty cool. Uh, how's everyone doing today? Medusa is back. Uh, what's up, Medusa? You are currently muted. There you go. I accidentally unplugged my computer. Um, so, good. so hi i'm back can't get rid of me sucks for you <laughs> that is so pretty nicole thank you i think i'm done my fingers are hurting <laughs> um yeah this is for um sandy's class tomorrow it's my assignment i'm looking for what was i looking for so i Guys, I went back through and I revised a few things on um, for those of for those people that were actually part of Sandy's class last Monday, um, where we went over uh, transparency and reflections. Um, I brought up a design that um, I wanted some critiques on, and I'm act I actually went through and tweaked that a little bit. I'm actually doing a full fledged painting of it. But let me see if I can go through and get my iPad hooked up so that I can show you guys how the design that I was working on uh, kind of came out and the revisions that I made to it. I think you guys will be happy with it. Um, I took a little bit of inspiration from a couple of my favorite artists that do like glowing effects, and I added a little bit of a glowing effect to it. Uh, close that for now. Let me just queue it up. Uh, <clears throat> here we go. So this is what I started working on. Well, this is kind of the way that the last one I was talking about ended up. Mm. I added like a nice teal glow to it. Let me spotlight this. And obviously it's a little distorted. The purple at the bottom is a little bit darker um, and a little bit more opaque than the way that it looks on the screen to me. Um, but I did end up going through and giving it like a teal outer glow with a bit of dark black shading to really help that pop out. But I really like doing that because it incorporates the teal um, next to the purple inside the bottle and gives it like that, that ethereal kind of glow. 
Mm-hmm. But I wanted to see what you guys thought and if you guys had any critiques for me. Love it. Hmm? Awesome. Awesome. It looks poisonous. Good. That That's exactly what I was going for. Like the glow touch. I'm thirsty. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that with everyone and kind of show you guys how that was coming out. Um, and I'm actually working on that as an, a full-fledged uh, analog painting as well. And I will be working on that in just a minute. Super exciting to see how it comes out as a painting, for sure. Well, I was always brought up with the idea that if you can't do it analog, you shouldn't be doing it digitally. Yes. So I try every chance I get, I try to work analog just because it really helps cement in those, um, that kind of like uh, muscle memory, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I did at one point in time have a topic for today's session. I just completely forget what it is. Um, I'm usually pretty good about writing my notes down, but we always end up getting off topic anyway. But I think uh, one thing it's important to remember is that, and maybe we'll talk about this as our topic for today, um, how how important it is to have high contrast and darkness in what it is you're tattooing. Um, without a high contrast, without you know some type of darkness, the lights that you have and whatever it is you're painting will never actually be quite as light. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to keep that in mind. Um, and if you don't keep that in mind, you're basically just asking for trouble. Because everything as it ages is going to end up washing out, and that's no good. Mm-hmm. No one likes that. So, what's everyone else working on today? I got another big canvas with little tools. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> I'm a master. That's like your mo, man. I was gonna say I fi- I feel like I figured out like a pretty good method for this shit to where it's not uh, being like stressful, right? Doing it, it's actually like very releasing. It's almost reminds me of just doing something really big with pencil. Yeah, people that can work super huge just with like pencils. Like, you know, regular Ticonderogas, but they're doing like a 30 by 40 canvas. That stuff blows my mind. I feel like you can get a lot of really nice details too. You can. I, what blows my mind and what always astounds me about stuff like that is the fact that, like, you'll have people that go through that can do that, but keeping the vague areas and the big, broad, open areas open and very non-specific when you're working with something so tiny that you can't help but do a whole bunch of detail that's what always blows my mind 
I feel like if you just have a bunch of really a bunch of busyness going on, it's hard to focus on really much of anything too. Like even with this one, I was like, I wanted to make sure that I at least had some separation with the shadow because then it brings some more attention to the gazelle. Right, right. Because I was worried about it getting too lost and this is going to end up being color down here and like the mouth and little eyes and the background. So that'll help everything pop too. I'm working on my chrome shit as usual. I'm still on that chrome kick. Got the uh, queen of chrome over here. Yeah, uh, chrome daddy. And so I got this guy that I'm working on. And also, as a joke, I started this layout. <laughs> chrome alone. Nice. Love the play on words there. So I might, I might be chroming Macaulay Culkin. Um, well, it started out as just a joke, and now I think I might actually have to do it. Yeah. Because, you know, you got to follow through. You got to commit to the um, bit, my dude. Sounds like it could be a fun uh, challenge, too. Yeah. On definitely. Space tattoo challenge. Oh, man. Did they ever do Chrome as a tattoo challenge on one of those TV shows? I don't know. If they didn't, they need to. I did my first ta Chrome tattoo last week. What? Yeah. First actual tattoo. Not How'd just it turn me. out? Um, I think it's okay. I think I have some things I want to work on, but I think it was pretty cool for being my first Chrome tattoo. What's key to chrome effects? Like high contrast? Um, consistency. And I think it's consistency in your uh, reflection idea. Okay. Um, and understanding the geometry of and the depth of the surfaces that you're creating. Okay. Um, so... Anybody can draw like a flat reflection, but you have to bend it and curve it with the surface that you're making that's also on a flat sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. I want to try that because um, the next thing I'm going to work on is a wooden tiger that one of my mentors assigned to me. So I want to do a wooden one and then a chrome one underneath. That's interesting. Yeah. Just like look up uh, a really easy chrome to start with is mm -hmm. desert desert chrome. Okay. It's very, it's simple. It's pretty. It's timeless. It looks good, um, but it's also super easy to start with. Um, and once you figure out the patterns and start understanding uh, the shapes and how your, uh, your pattern, your chrome pattern is going to wrap, around the shapes and the dimension of the object uh it'll start like it'll start clicking and just becoming super easy um i have only been working with uh desert chrome and similar styled chromes lately i haven't tried other chrome styles i'm gonna branch into that later on after i master this one first maybe you can explain for us the difference between the chrome styles 
I am not good enough at other Chrome styles to uh, feel qualified to explain that. But I think that you are a well of knowledge. And if you explained, I could learn from you. That's a cop out. <laughs> That's a total cop out. It is. I don't know because, if I like that. Uh, well, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not good at other Chrome styles yet, well, and are, I don't understand are there them even yet. Other Chrome styles. I mean, yeah, I guess you're you're working with like a lot of times you're working with um reflection so you're wondering what the uh the landscape or the environment is um so like if you're doing oh, that a- that actually no i i completely understand what you're saying um i actually just had a client come in um and we're doing a whole like peter pan an old school peter pan kind of theme lower arm half sleeve in black and gray as I was drawing out the um, the Captain Hook's hook, which has a large part chrome in it, um, you know, I was going through, I was tattooing it and all that stuff. And I realized that in the chrome Captain's hook hook, there was a reflection of the person taking the picture of the hook. Wow. Yeah. 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 So you want to be like mindful of things like that. You want to be mindful of where your light sources are, if there's multiple light sources and how they're going to reflect, um, especially when it comes to chroming things. Uh, that light source is going to bounce off of other surfaces on the same object. Mm-hmm. So your light source isn't going to come from just one straight place because it's being reflected all over. So you have to mm-hmm. be mindful of that. And then sometimes the chrome reflects off of itself and creates one of those mirror hallway effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like uh, if you were to do like, let's take a sphere, for example. If you were to make a sphere desert chrome style, you would basically kind of chop it in half and you would have desert tones on the bottom with the shape mm-hmm. Um of the landscape bending around the sphere and then sky tones at the top. But if you were to do like a cityscape in a chrome, you're probably going to have a lot boxier shapes in it because you're doing, you're um, adding the illusion of buildings reflecting off of it. And Uh then there's just like straight chrome, uh, ideals where there's not supposed to be any landscape and you're literally just trying to show the effect of something being silver mm-hmm. with with like a light source so it's the mask one you're doing right now is that the desert you're talking yeah. about that's that's the typical desert chrome blue on top browns and warm tones on bottom mm-hmm. um uh, and I like to use that as a template for playing with colors. Mm-hmm. So I used the same concept for the desert chrome as I did for this goldfish right here. Mm-hmm. So I'm using the same concept. I'm just switching up the colors to make it more gold. Gotcha. So they have a very similar pattern. Okay. Um, 
And that's also a fun thing. Once you like, I think desert chrome is probably one of the easiest things to like learn. And as a concept, you can work with that and shape it as you wish, add different colors to make different sceneries and okay. stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty fucking fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I had actually a question before we got into the Chrome topic, and now I completely forgot it. Oh, sorry. No worries. No, no, it's totally fine. I just, I am trying to think of that. All right. Circle back to me later, guys. Mm. Okay. I don't know if my image is coming through clear enough or not, but we got Seth Mushrush joined yeah. us. What's up, Seth? Nice. And of course, he just left. Ah, uh, mush rush is in, mush rush is out. Someone else that just left. Ah, there he is. Mush rush. Actually, I, oh, yeah. I uh, was thinking about something last night. I oh, was God. thinking She's about thinking you, again. Jason, last night. Oh, All right, I'm getting off. Never mind. I'm leaving this, I'm leaving yeah, this meeting. No. Seth, <laughs> Seth, you need to stay in so I can leave. Setharoni and cheese. That's it. Hey. <laughs> um, I was actually thinking, you know what, Jason? I was thinking that it would be cool for you to get into leading seminars. I was like thinking about your uh, plethora of knowledge stored up in your brain and was all like man I would take a class for from him if he like taught a whole ass fucking like three hour seminar or workshop about printmaking and types of paper and how to scan how to edit how to get the highest quality prints possible. Well, so that would be more personal opinion and personal preference as opposed to uh, anything like industry standard, right? I have my preferences. Like I prefer anytime I do prints for people, it's almost always, I always ask them to scan it at either 300 or 600 DPI minimum um, just because that's what I prefer to work with. Other printmaking companies might be willing to go through and do lower resolutions, but that's my own preference, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, paper types are easy, but once again, that's a personal preference thing, right? Because some people might not want textured paper. Some people might want smooth paper. Some people might want photo gloss. You know, I wouldn't recommend photo glossy for finer reproductions, but. You know, well, I, I, th I think one of the things is uh, in the tattoo industry, there's not a whole lot of industry standards. For true. example, I mean, machines. Oh, my God. You can take a machine building class from six different people and everybody's going to say something different. Right. They've got the same core concept, but. I mean, we were talking uh, last week about uh, coils and 
shaders versus liners and how they're set up. And I was saying about how I talked to four different people and got three different opinions and only two of them like agreed on something. So, you know, I don't think standards too important, industry standards too important, but helping people get the knowledge to make their own decisions. Like I could teach seminars on so many different things. The question is, what would people want to hear about? All of it. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> might take a long, long time. And to be truth be told, I've probably forgotten more stuff than I could actually teach about. That's why we just have skill building Sundays. It's like a seminar every week. Pretty much. Exactly. You know, Jason, a good seminar for you to teach might be um, finding your way in tattooing because your Ooh. journey is so specific and very unique and all the people that you've been able to bump shoulders with and, and work with and, and get tattooed by and you know just the journey in general there's a lot of people out there that you know are trying to find their own way into it you know that's I feel like that's something that you know people that went through things like like you and I did there's no you know there's no rhyme or reason to like, well, you have to serve an apprenticeship with this person, or you definitely need to be involved with this type of education or something like that. Sometimes you just find your own way. And and I'm sure you could put together an hour's worth of oh, God. You know, discussion. About that would be like a where, four hour long. I seminar. was just going to say he could put together more than an hour's worth. He could put together like a, a week long like retreats worth of information yeah about not being discouraged you know what i mean because there's a lot of people out there that get discouraged because they're like well i don't know how to get in or i don't know how to find sometimes you just you know you find your own way and you're you know you've you've exercised so much effort and to put yourself in the right position over and over and over again um you know it's, it's it shows in your work that's so that would really be the only comment that I have on that, like how to get into the industry, how to break in, how to not be discouraged. Everyone's going to get discouraged at points in times. I do all the time. You know, yeah, you can't let that, you can't dwell on it. You know, that's the key thing, you know, when it comes down to getting discouraged. But like, you're right, man. I've put in so much effort to be able to get to where I am today. And constantly saying, okay, you know what? I need to go and talk to this person. I need to go over here and network with, you know, the greats like Seth Mushrush and learn what this guy knows, Stop. right? Um, I need to, to find out what I have to do to, you know, learn from guys like Devin Cooley, Harlan Kantner, you know, yeah. watching those guys work is mind bending. Oh um, my God. Like just watching Harlan do texture in a skull. Is oh like, my how God. did you do that? Oh. You just like wiggled your hand and it appeared. I like, I walked over to see what he was doing. And when he was doing uh, that skull piece um, in Puerto Rico. And I remember walking over and like suddenly having like this visceral reaction when I wasn't sure if I wanted to cry or throw up, but something hit me real hard about like just seeing what he was doing and not like in a bad way but just like in that weird vortex mind-blowing oh my god you can do that right what the 
fuck? But it's like I I have strategically aligned myself and I've put in a lot of effort into thinking, okay, what is it I want to accomplish? Who are the people that are doing what I'm trying to accomplish and the things that I want to achieve, right? And then how do I gain the knowledge that they've gained? You know, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about that, sitting down night after night, just saying, okay, what kind of stuff do I need to be better at? What kind of stuff do I need to learn more of? What do I need to do in order to get to be where I want to be? You know, and it, it is strategy. A lot of it's strategy. You know, I've had. To, go ahead. No, I, I just here to say to, to touch on what you were just saying. It you put yourself in a place where you can have artistic osmosis. You're just that's how you get that. You know, you're you're drawing power from other energy sources, and it's it's clearly has has been working for you for a long time. Well, I appreciate that, man. Um, you know, a lot of it comes down to you know, basically a plain curiosity, but also a drive. You know. I'm willing to put in and invest the time and energy to figure this stuff out because if that's what I want to do, say I want to tattoo snakes like um, Jao Bosco or uh, Dana Helmuth down in Virginia Beach, right? If that's what I want to do, and I know that that's what I'm, I'm, I just can't figure it out. I'm really doing everything I can to try to learn how to do this, but it's just not clicking. I'm going to go and get tattooed by that person. I will save my money and I will go out and I will spend whatever it takes, you know, to travel out there, to learn from these people that have the knowledge that I want to acquire. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to learn um, how to do illustrative tattoos like the Tex family. So I'm going to get tattooed by the Tex family. Uh, I want to learn how do how do people manage color theory like Guy H's? Well, I'm going to find every way that I can to learn from that person. You know, that's per- that's that's my secret sauce right there. Invest your time. Go seek the people out that are masters at what they do. I personally, some of my goals are to learn to be try to get myself consistently motivated and consistently inspired and humbled enough to keep learning um and one of my inspirations for that is my good friend uh jason leeser who i think is oh name drop (laughs) i think (laughs) is a well of knowledge and uh-huh. is a huge inspiration. Uh, but no, I, I really think that you are um, a really integral part in helping a lot of people um, reach their potential. I think you have a lot to offer, Jason. So I'm really excited to see like everybody else you can help because I mean, in the past year alone, like if my first apprenticeship was was 13 years before I actually started tattooing professionally. I what? was discouraged a lot. I had three failed apprenticeships. There was many years in between where I just completely gave up because my experiences were so awful that it just really jaded me from the industry. Like for a while, I thought that tattooists were all 
racist, bigoted, sexist assholes that were on drugs and uh, <laughs> just trying to rip people off because I had experiences apprenticing with people like that. Are you Are you know. reading from my bio? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. But if I had someone like Jason in my corner all those years ago in like 2008, I think that I would have been able to uh, have a little bit more encouragement, inspiration, motivation, and like, I wouldn't be so disheartened and jaded and I wouldn't have given up for so many years. And I'm really glad that I know Jason now because he, knowing him and talking with him and doing these keeps me motivated and inspired. Give it time. Think the same thing. <laughs> no, it's it's true. You you give a crap. You you put effort into it, and that's yeah. yeah, everything that you do, you just you genuinely care. And and it's a reminder to a lot of people, like you know, somebody like myself who has been in it for more than two decades, that there's still a, a lot of really good people out there that they that actually give a shit and want to help and want to share and understand that we are all standing on each other's shoulders and the only way that any of us are going to get better is by doing what we're doing right now by by you being able to, to provide this platform for all of us to talk and share ideas and concepts and inspire each other i mean shit i i love sign I, i'm not on every week but i'm on whenever i can and every single time i am part of this this discussion panel uh i i definitely feel inspired i feel motivated and at the very core that's all you know just like medusa was saying that's all we really want is to be inspired and motivated we want to keep going you got to keep the train rolling you know and, and what you're doing it, it does that so well i appreciate you. that yeah Everyone, like I skill really, build really do. i'm not kidding and i'm not fluffing you up because you know how i hate giving compliments because i don't want people to know i'm nice but skill building true. sundays is seriously one of my favorite times of the week and yeah. I tell other people about it like when uh just the other day on a Friday I was at work and I told the apprentice my client who is another was another tattoo artist and the new guy that just started working at our shop um all about reinventing the tattoo and I was all like sometime on a Sunday morning hop on like I'll text you a link or you can let me know if you're too shy I'll hop on with you and I trust me you're gonna get a lot out of it and I've traveled with you Jason I know firsthand you go out this guy goes out of his way to make sure that everybody's having a good time everybody's getting the most they can like almost to the point where I'm worried so that he's that not taking care of himself <laughs> that, that, believe it or not, and I'll tell you exactly where that comes from right now. Believe it or not, that comes from a very, very selfish part of me. Because, And I say that, and I mean that completely and totally, 100% wholeheartedly. That it's a very, very selfish move on my part. Because I feed off of other people's energy, right? If I'm surrounded by people that are not having a good time, that are bummed out about something, that are you know, distraught about something in some aspect, in some way. That's not someone that I necessarily want to be around. And I want to be around positive, energetic people. So for me, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, 
let me go out first people I run into, you know, like, um, like I did with, uh, Chris Mack and Lauren Mack, um, Mm -hmm. out at Puerto Rico. I had no idea who they were. Didn't know if they were local, didn't know if they were just there vacationing, had no idea, but you know what? I turned around and the first thing I did was I bought them a round of drinks. Right. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's a nice gesture. It helps set the mood for the weekend. And everyone had an absolute blast that weekend. Um, And it's like everything just moved in a positive direction from there. Right. Uh, But I can tell you, and I've been in situations where I've been surrounded by people that are just, they're bumming me out. And, you know, it's not like I could really go anywhere or do anything because, you know, I'm traveling with that person. And it's like, oh, well, kind of sucks to be honest with you no matter how awesome the area is like it's kind of sucks i don't want anyone else to experience that so for me it's like yeah in order for me to have a good time i'm gonna go out of my way to make sure other people have a good time because i'm gonna feed off of that energy so it's a very very selfish thing for me to do because i know that that's gonna help increase my own positive side in it so i don't think that selfish is the proper um, term for it because selfish, the word selfish kind of implies that it comes with a negative connotation for the other person. That's not it. It's just mutually beneficial. Yeah, I think it's a win-win situation. Yeah, and I can vouch as I traveled with Jason twice now and I have never had a bad moment like Jason is super fun, super fucking fun. Well, awesome. I, I and- like to have a good time and I like other people to be happy as well. But, but also th- that's, that's kind of the point though, right? Is you want to be in these situations with other people that are having a blast, you know, that are having a great time that are going through and they're experiencing the same positivity that you are. That's yeah. my goal. That's what I enjoy doing. I, I also... Part of it is I do enjoy playing the host. I'm playing that kind of a role. So I do have a tendency to go above and beyond a lot because I enjoy doing that. Like, um, you know, I was trying to organize something with everyone, you know, that I know from the Reinventing the Tattoo platform, even in other platforms, you know, I was trying to get together like a big group dinner to take people out to dinner for the Philly show. Um, I did that when, um, Kirsten, um, and Ricardo came out to work at the Philly show one year. Uh, I took them out to this wonderful Cuban food place. I know named Cuba Libre down in Philadelphia and bought everyone dinner because I knew it was going to help set the right stage for that weekend. Right. Picked a good place too. They're awesome. Yeah, I know. Absolutely love their food. So speaking of selfishness, if it's selfish for you to want other people to have a good time, then it's selfish for me to want to hang out with you because I have a good time when I'm with you. This is true. But But, uh... (laughs) it all comes down to feeding off of everyone else. That's why I do what I do. You know, if I can feed off of someone else's positive energy, then it just works out for everyone. So I do it more for myself so that I can feed off of that positivity. 
Um, that's why I say it's selfish because I'm doing these nice things for me because it makes me feel good. How yes. dare you want to have a good time? What's wrong with you? I know. I know. Jesus. What a, I'm such a terrible character trait. Terrible. <laughs> I'm a terrible human being. I am. Just absolutely terrible. I can't. She is shame to your damn self. <laughs> Please be selfish with me when I'm in Philly. <laughs> okay. Don't you know that like it's against life rules to actually have fun? <laughs> Everyone keeps saying that, and like I don't get it. But Nicole, you've got a treat coming for you. That's for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I can't. I seriously can't wait. My daughter has GI boxes. We're home this whole weekend. I can't wait to go out and yep, meet people. Yeah, uh, did um did Devin ever get back to you by the way? Uh he did, and then he gave me a rate, and I was like, okay, like just to be on the same page as him, like this is my budget. And then he never got back. So I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, he Maybe is my he, email buried in uh his file, but yeah, he right. probably got like a thousand different emails yeah. that he has to reply to. That's all right. Um, I just got tattooed by one of my mentors here too. So yeah, I noticed that. I saw yeah. it all over Instagram. Yeah. That's all good. But yeah, it's it's one of those things I enjoy, you know, showing people a good time, showing people what's what the possibilities are of when you're working at a convention, when you're working at a show. This is what it can be like, right? And when people see the potential for it, they want to chase that. They want to see that and they want to do that more and more and more. And that's what I love to see. I love to run into people that I've met that, you know, I've worked shows with, you know, a while back and run into them again and find out how they're doing. And they're like, oh man, living the best life, you know, life is grand, you know, everything like that. You know, I love traveling now, like, you know, I had a great experience back at the first show that, you know, we ran, we went to together and it's just gotten better and better and better. That's what I love to hear. Yeah. So and that's the point of conventions, right? Like to network and meet people. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got different motivations for working at shows. Um, I do it for the networking. I, you know, and meeting new people and learning new stuff. There are certain people out there that won't even work at a show, but they'll show up with some of their clients and they'll just enter to try to win trophies. Uh, I call those people trophy hunters. Yeah, that doesn't sound like much fun. Yeah, to me, it's kind of like, cool, you get a trophy, but like, if you're not working at the show, what's the point? Yeah. You know, part of, to me, part of working at the show, at any show, at any convention, is being a part of the community, right? And meeting other artists and going through and sharing knowledge and expressing frustrations like, oh man, I hate it when clients do this or that, or really, you want blue eyes and this? Really? Really? You know, like part of it, part of it for me is just ex- having that community aspect, and knowing yeah. that you're not alone out there with all of the things that you're going through. That, and I like to stay busy and I like the chaos. Mm-hmm. Like I thrive yeah. in that environment. I don't know about y'all, but all of us artists are, you know, we're all in our own ways. So like nothing, 
releases the pressure, like makes you feel better when like you're talking, whatever you're talking and, and another artist says, yeah, man, I, I get that. I feel that way too. Or I've been through that too. Like um, we don't get to do much of anything else except go to conventions because we're working all the time. So that's like the only time you get to meet anybody else besides the people in your own shop. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, that's our time to shine. That's our time to say, Hey, you aren't alone. I've been there too. I know what this is like, you know, here's how I handled this kind of a situation. Here's the knowledge I gained from it. Here's, you know, the lessons I've learned, you know, maybe you can take something away from that as well. Yeah. The the confirmation that not, I'm not the only one that's crazy. <laughs> that's good. Oh, that trust works. me. I, I think I've got the market cornered on that. Oh, okay. I love to call the reinventing the tattoo community my um, imposter syndrome support group. Right? Yes. <laughs> we really, really are. Except for Seth, because he's just awesome. Stop. <laughs> No, you know what? Keep going. <laughs> That's what I thought. Oh, only st- we got Ricardo uh, uh, too, who's just silently oh, uh, like sitting there showing off. I'm yeah, I know, uh, right? definitely looking forward to uh, seeing you at the Philly show, and uh, I don't, I, I miss some of that. Sorry, I'm like driving right now on my way back from Massachusetts. But uh, are is anybody else on here going to be at the Philly show? Yeah, me, Nicole Williams. Awesome. Awesome, cool. So, well, I don't know. I would love to meet people in person would be great. And uh, not work the Philly show, but I'm going to try to be there. Well, let's okay. let's figure something out where people that are on here or people that are part of the reinventing the tattoo network or just anyone in general that's cool. Let's figure out a morning to get together and do breakfast. Let's figure out Dude. maybe we do dinner or something like that. You know, I'm telling you right out. now, man, the spot to go for breakfast is uh, over at uh, Reading Terminal Market. Oh, absolutely. It's actually where I, yeah, I met, um, <laughs> I met Evan Olin there and his crew, uh, Andy and those guys um, from his shop. And uh, they were super nice. It was all kind of like by happenstance that we met. I just, I had extra seats at my table. I had no idea who they were. And they were kind of walking around looking for a spot to sit. And I was kind of spread out on one four top and i was like why don't you guys sit over here and we just started talking and it turns out he's like this complete badass and the guys that he worked with are the same but they were super nice and so um i was chatting with him about trying to do the same thing again this year um but i i, I love the idea of grabbing breakfast especially at that place man because they uh there's this little spot in the back of ready terminal that just crushes it so absolutely man i'm down for you know organizing a breakfast or a dinner or something Dinner would be great too, man, because then we can have drinks and really shoot the shit. Exactly. Yay, drinks. I, I wonder am. if anyone here knows how to get in touch with Steve Butcher. Let him know that I'd like to take him out. Um, he's like doing a, a seminar on Sunday, so. Yeah, duh. Damn, Jason going right in for the kill, man. He's- hey, I you know. know what? Shoot high. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck around. Don't wait a second. Don't waste the time. I wish I could go to Philly, but every time I hear people talking about it, I start getting social anxiety. You're not going, Medusa? No, no. I um, I've already I... got a trip planned uh, 
for a guest spot um at the beginning oh, of February. So I don't I can't be gone. February. But also like, no, dude, my boss goes every year too. Um he's gonna be there. Y'all should say hi to him if you see him. It's Cassidy Who Bell. Oh yeah. Cassidy Bell, he runs Sideshow Alley Tattoo. He's well known for his large scale uh mm-hmm. black work and ge- geometry pieces. Um yeah, say hi to him if you see him. Tell him Medusa sent you, and um, he'll, I don't know, probably be all like, oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, no, every time anybody talks about it and talks about how huge it is and how many people are there, I get social anxiety. Just Jason's listening. the fucking spokesperson, dude. He has sold me on that show, man. That thing's supposed to be great. Yeah, he enormous. sold me until he told me that it was like three city blocks. And- so I, I explain it to people like this, right? I anytime anyone says, oh, man, that'd be a cool one to go to. I turn around to them and I immediately ask them if they have any kind of social anxiety disorder. Right. If they say, well, what do you mean? And I said, how are you with being around fifteen hundred people? And if they kind of give me this weird look like, uh, I don't know if I'm cool with that. It's like, OK, cool. Don't ever go to the Philly show because yes. that's how many yeah. artists there are there. Yeah, that's not so, including that people that attend. And that's yeah. a big reason why I didn't prioritize going this year. I'm going to try to go and attend as a spectator next year um, <laughs> and suss it out. But I don't I wouldn't want to commit to working it until I actually see how big it is, because I do get social anxiety and I do freak out if I'm a little overwhelmed and I don't have like an escape path, you know, <laughs> like, mm. so I'm, I've been getting scared of it. The more everybody talks about it, it sounds super fun, but I'm sure that if I were to get there and be in the middle of it on like a Saturday, I'd probably have a panic attack. I was going to say I've worked and been to and attended many, many, many shows, many shows all over the world, all over Europe, all over the US, um, Canada, the whole nine. I have yet to run into a show that even gets close to the scale of the Philadelphia show. Now you're starting to freak me out a little bit there, man. That's not like a fucking movie trailer right there. <laughs> but they have it at a, um, the, the space that they put it in. I mean, like they used to have it at a hotel and it was getting to a point where I mean, we were joking one year because they had it at the second floor of uh, the Wyndham Franklin Plaza, downtown Philly. And uh, it was um, it was like the ballroom area. And it used to be in the one ballroom. Oh, we're losing you. Second half and they they, they boots out in the lobby and going through a bad area. Am I there? Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. they, they started putting uh, booths out in the lobby area, like at the top of the escalator. We were joking one year. We were like, Troy is going to end up putting booths in the elevators because he's just running out of room. So what he did when he moved it over to the convention center, it is large and it, it, and it's huge. But the, it, it, there is so much elbow room in that space. Like you can walk up and down those aisles uh, and, you know, not. I, I, what end up, ends up happening to me is when I take a break uh, from tattooing and I'm walking around and kind of go see people, I end up hitting like the same nine or 10 aisles every time. 
because it's just so big. I don't even realize I'm like, Oh shit, man, I got to get like to the back side of this place to see some other people. But it, it, even having, if you have the social anxiety, just remember that by and large, you're surrounded by peers and, and everybody there is just psyched to be part of it. And I, I have not really run into anybody that wasn't willing to have a conversation or just say what's up or share information or something like that. I mean, the people that attend, I, I can't really speak for them, but most of the artists, I feel like everybody there is just like, there's, there's definitely a, uh, a quiet camaraderie that's, that goes on there. Absolutely. That's you know, really we, nice. we recognize that we're all, we are all artists. We're all there to do the same thing. And there's, you know, there's no reason why we have to be, you know, dicks to each other. Yeah. So it, for a lot of us, it ends up coming down to, okay, well, this is just a tattooer doing tattoo things. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. They might do things differently, but that doesn't mean that it's bad or wrong or anything like that. It's just different, you know? And it's like, yeah. if, if I was in that, their position, yeah, I'd want someone to help me out too. So let me go through and help them out and just see what I can do to make their day better. You know, but you're yeah, right. You touched on a very important point. It's huge and it's packed, but there's tons of elbow room. And it's yeah. designed that way. Yeah. I'll look into it next year. Booths are a nice size too. They don't cram yep. in tiny little booths. Oh yeah. And we used to, uh, what we do at the, the booth that I work at, I, I'm at Baker Street, but uh, Jason, who also owns Old City, he puts the booths right next to each other. And him and Troy go way, way back. And um Jason will set it up so that like Black Vulture and all these other, you know, uh, shops that he's friends with, Havertown uh, Electric and, uh, you know, whatever they, the other shops are that, that he knows all these people, he gets them in the same row. Then we take down the partition. So it's just like a, in between the booths, it's just an open area. It, it's really, really awesome. and super fun. And I see as time goes on, I see more people doing that and it's, I mean, it, it's really all about getting to know your neighbors and stuff too. You know, like Jason was saying, it's it's a really good opportunity to um, to you know to build our um, build a community that you know that we live in personally. Yeah, I started doing that too. I usually end up trying to do a double booth with three people, just to have a little bit extra room. Okay. Um, I like the extra room and I like the extra maneuvering space. You know, say you've got someone coming in that, you know, wants their leg done or part of their back or their shoulder blade or something to be able to maneuver a massage table exactly the way that you need it. To me, yeah. that's, that's important. Right. So I always yeah, end up doing that, but taking down the partitions is a great thing. Gives everyone yeah. just a little bit of extra room a little bit of extra, you know, community feeling. Um, it's a great time. Yeah. Yeah, it's super fun. Um, so, Jason, you got to uh, let me know, you know, hit me up after this and, and uh, sometime over the next week or so, we'll try to coordinate, make sure we get everybody together for dinner. Yeah, I usually like to try to take people out Thursday night before the show, but I understand that for some that people, like, well, for some people, that might not be able to make it um, that Thursday night before the show. Uh, maybe we can figure something out for breakfast on Saturday or Sunday. 
Okay, perfect. Sounds good. You know, depending on who's um, depending on who's doing the Steve Butcher seminar on Sunday, maybe we can get a group of people together before that, and then all head over to that together. Where is his? Uh, what's his seminar? Is he doing uh, the the realism, uh, the color portrait? What's he doing? I can imagine that that's what he's doing, but I'm not okay. even really sure. Right on. All I know is he's going to be there and he's doing a seminar on Sunday. Okay. Awesome. Try and get um, in on some of that. I got to head out. Right on. Okay. Thank you for having me. You guys have a great one. As you always, too, thank you very much for jumping you in too, today. Marissa. Bye. Later, Bye. Gator. She's at the downer. She's not coming. Right. I was I was spoke to meet her. Super awesome person. Highly recommend it. If you guys are out in the same area or you end up running into her wherever she's doing a guest spot. I know she's coming out to uh, North Jersey to do a guest spot with Fast Alley um, to take some seminars from Fast Alley on nipple restoration. So if yeah, you're going to be out on the East Coast at all, Definitely try to link up. Um, super awesome human being. Yeah, I'm actually really upset that I'm not going to be able to make it out to God's Vink this year. I was trying to get that to happen, but um, it doesn't look like it's going to be feasible, um, which really, really sucks. Because knowing, uh, knowing my friend Fibs that um, is going to be working at God's Vink this year, knowing him and how hospitable he is, you know, I can guarantee you, I would get introductions to people like Philip Lou and, um, you know, every, Grime, everyone else there. Mm. But, wow. But not, maybe not this year, but maybe next year. Well, next, if I can't, I, I already told him flat out. I was like, listen, if I can't make it this year, I'm definitely going next year. Um, like come hell or high water, I don't care if I have to sell a kidney on the black market, I mm. will make it happen. And I have no problems too. I have two kidneys. I can get rid of one of them. You only need one functioning kidney. Exactly. But would you um, sell it on the black market is the real question. I would sell it to whoever I had to. Whoever does like I, I, I'll put a Craigslist ad up if I need to. Oh, I bet you in Philly, thing? you could get some really, really interesting responses to that. Uh-huh. Who needs a kidney? Although <laughs> technically, according to United States law, I'm pretty sure it's illegal to actually go through and sell a body part or to get compensation for donating a kidney to someone that might need it. It's so rigged. But I mean... Yeah, complications, complications. That's what I was saying. Like the dark net is a thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Cool. Blocked in some of those crystals. Nice. Watercolor. Uh, yeah, liquid acrylic. Hmm. Very nice. Well, that looks great. Yeah, that shit looks great. Yeah, I. I'd, just leaving some paper highlights there um, for the crystals, just to give them that like reflective kind of look. Um, 
let's start blocking in the blue for the glass. Hey, can we uh, can we talk shop for a second here uh, no. about tattooing no. specifically? No, we, we don't talk Thanks. about tattoos on this show. I'm sorry. Appreciate <laughs> One it. Rule. Super solid. Good tattoos looking. Tattoos are only for uh, for <laughs> outcasts and you know degenerates and stuff like that. Oh, what did she say? Yeah, Girls. drug addicts and racists and yeah, yeah, <laughs> bigots. Um, so I yeah. recently um, I've been using a lot of uh, opaque grays, and I, I recently did a piece where. Uh, I was going out from the the light opaque gray and then just instead of going into, you know, cutting it with white and making an even lighter palette uh, or lighter value, I just left it and went straight to skin tone. And boy, if that didn't work well. And uh, I never really done that. It's, it's always been like a saturation sort of a thing for me. Um, so I just am curious if anybody's had that experience working with opaque colors and just going out and leaving the the skin tone for the highlighted areas. Um, you know, that's not to say I, I didn't use white in other spots, but, you know, just bringing it out to like a broad area rather than mixing white with it and, and, and saturating. I just kind of left it as skin tone and, and it really worked well. I mean, it sounds like it would work perfectly. Mm. Yeah. That's uh, something that guy teaches in, uh, uh, on, on, uh, in one of his seminars there. Um, I've been doing that just actually probably about for the last year, every chance I can get. And it does work really, really well. Awesome. Yeah. Less That's, white. Yeah. I think I saw, I, I saw somebody doing it on, you know, on, on the gram, they were, you know, they were just studying people's work or whatever. And, uh, yeah, and I saw, I'll have to maybe give that a shot. You were so used to doing something one way. It's, it's hard to kind of just, you know, bear down and go like, you know, I need to, Mm -hmm. need to you know do something a little different here to get a better result and, um, yeah and i was i was definitely happy with it so I, you guys ever like come across like any tricks like that where you're you're nervous about using them and then you just kind of bear down and do it and it just makes a world of difference you know well it's what you have to do sometimes man i mean you can you can learn all the theory you want in the world but when it comes down to practical application and whether or not that's going to work for you that's the different story. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Usually what I do instead of like going straight to skin tone is um, I'll actually dip into water and just thin it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just get that tiny bit of like a lighter value there mm. uh, just to accent things and just to give it that nice smooth transition. But that's just me. But I'm gonna have to try that. Just you're talking about just got, doing a straight like whip. Uh, yeah, no, I I definitely uh, was cutting it. I mean, I don't I don't cut with water. I usually cut with witch hazel. Um, right. But um, but that's what I was doing. Was it you know giving it a soft edge? You know, leaving like opaque tone and value all the way up until where I needed it to kind of kind of like water it down a little bit and, and faded it out and then just left it negative rather than blending it into another lighter value. So what I was finding is like some of those lighter values when they come back healed, they, some of them are just dropping out altogether or they, they just weren't holding the same way. Um, right. So, uh, so I was like, well, you know, somebody has got a fair enough skin that you're able to make that work, make it happen. Um, 
So I just gave it a shot. It looked like it worked. I mean, I've yet to see it come back healed, but that day, you know, after let it sit for 20 minutes and you get that photo, you're like, all right, it's looking okay. Looking pretty good. Uh, do you have anything interesting lined up for the Philly convention, Jason? Um, an Oni mask chest plate on my very, very good friend, Patrick. Um, beyond that, not yet. I've been posting up a lot of like want to do designs. I've got a couple of poison bottles I'd like to do. Uh, yeah, Jay, I was going to ask you, fish. have you, uh, have you sold that, uh, that, um, skull on that poison bottle yet? That's nope, on your I have sheet? not. Ooh, I, I like that. All. I've been looking at it on my wall for like the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I one of those ones that it. like one of my coworkers saw it and was like, oh my God, I need to have that on me. And I'm like, yeah, not happening. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was like, for the amount of time I would want to put into that, I was like, that's a convention piece. I'm, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to do that on you. I'm sorry, but that's. Dude, not I'll happening. DM you after after uh, uh, the group, and and we'll talk about it for sure. Like, I like it. I mm. love that off one, that blue one. It's like, it's pops. It's hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wanted that one to really kind of stand out, mm. uh, which was weird because I threw that whole design together, the whole concept and everything. I threw that together in like two hours, um, and I was just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to do like a color overlay and just call it a day. And I did that. And I was like, I really like the way this looks. Don't yeah. you love when some stuff happens by accident? Yeah. Especially when it turns out way better than what you thought it was going to. Yeah. So I love it when that happens, but like, I've got a couple of, um, couple of fish I'd love to tattoo there. Yeah. Um, like I've got one blue goldfish and uh, a gold, an actual like golden goldfish that I would love to tattoo at the Philly show. Yeah. Um, but I've got like all kinds of, you know, uh, filigree and skull black and gray yeah. stuff. You, you know, know what I, I really want done, Jason? I want the side of my head blasted. I wanted it done for like seven <laughs> years. I've, I've lined it up <laughs> twice and like both times it's like fell through once um, pandemic happened and then. Uh, before that, um, literally just the, the convention ended up being busier than I ever thought it was going to be. And uh, we didn't get a chance to do it. But, man, I love that floral filigree, that that inlaid gold. And, yeah. I'll, oh, uh, man. Let me hook my iPad back up. I'll show you guys um, some of the stuff that I, I've got lined up that I would really like to do. Awesome give everyone a sneak peek as far as some of my convention flash. Uh, some of it is on some of the prints that um, I've been like passing out to different people. Let me just get that queued up. What up, Studevan? So this is, um, I'll switch over to this. So this is one of the pieces that I'd love to do at the show. That's killer, bro. Ooh, that's so nice. Yeah, that's tight, Jerry. Oh, you know, that's oh. one of them. Um, I've got another one. No, I think that's revision number two. I made some subtle tweaks to it. Um, this is another guy I'd love to do. Ooh. 
Wow. Killer. You know, more like that S shape. I was working yeah. on a, um, a sex toy sheet with a friend of mine. So that's why you see this guy here. Um, these are all convention flash pieces that I would love to do. You know, a nice. couple of nice dragon claws. You know, I love this ornamental heart. I would love to tattoo that on someone. Yes. That's um, oh, when yeah. I was tossing up between that and the skull and the bottle, man. Yeah. I'd love these goldfish too. Oh, that's a good positioning. I like that. Yeah. It's I like different. that one on the right a lot. You know, um, this is the skull poison bottle. Ooh. Wait a minute. That's different than the one I've got. Is it? Flashy, is it? Oh, man. That is different. Is it? it? I don't know. Let's go investigate. Well, let me <laughs> let me take a look. Um, no, I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe it's the same. Because um, this is the original drawing that I put out over there. Maybe I did modify it a little bit. But I got all kinds of things Jason like the neck gold, uh, sacred heart. The gold sacred heart right next to the Anya mask is pretty dope. Can you zoom in on that? Is that the same one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy yeah. would be a ton of fun. Yeah. Where is it at? Uh, the one on the other side, I think. Uh, Whatever you just had pulled up. There was a, yeah, so there's a Hanya mask. Go, yeah, right there at the bottom. There's Hanya in the middle now. Hanya mask with magenta behind it. Right? Yeah, and then to the right of that. Yeah, this guy. Oh, is that what that, yeah, there it is. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I love the flames on the top of that. Man. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I wanted to go for something a bit more like metallic looking, uh, yeah. but I still wanted to keep a kind of graphic style to it. Throw some of those like acanthus leaf kind of shapes down at the bottom to kind of frame it off. Nice. But I, I like having that off center, like yellow flower in there against that gray background. 100%. Uh, I, I just really thought that that stood out a lot. Um, rather than like centering everything and doing something else that's perfectly centered. Um, yeah. I could probably move it over, but. No, no, no. You want the focal point over there. It's way better. It's so yeah, it was either over there or I put it all the way up in the corner, in the upper yeah, right corner. I love. Spot. But yeah, so that's one of the designs I have available. Um, this Hanya mask is pretty cool. I've got like the gold waves on it. I was playing oh, around with nice. that. I didn't notice that from the far away picture. That's really cool. Yeah, I wanted to do something kind of ornamental with it, um, you know, and kind of decorate it up a little bit instead of just a normal, like, Hanya mask. You nailed um, it. You know, just different For different sure. ideas, different stuff. Um, like, I love this bee. I would love to tattoo this bee with, yeah. like, the honeycomb oh, pattern in the background. Yes. Um, Always I wanted think... a bee's knees. Ooh, yes. for the children. Wu-Tang is for the children, yes. <laughs> and for life. And it's forever. Um, here's another, like, love potion bottle that I threw together, you know, with a human heart in the middle of it. Ooh, that's tight, too, awesome. Jay. Oh, that's you know, nice. You know, just, like, all kinds of stuff. Little peony flowers and, uh, oh, you know, everything's kind of stylized. I was working on another little Onomori with, like, a rose in it. Wow. Um, that rose is nice. Hey, who's doing that blue tiger? Me, Nicole. That's awesome. I like that color. Hell Thank yeah. You. Yeah, my one of my mentors gave me a wooden tiger as an assignment. And then Medusa was talking about chrome, so I decided to put it together. Nice. 
this is another one I was playing around with doing like uh, yellow ochres. Um, oh, dude, that's so nice. Good sh- shoulder piece, man. Like the upper arm. Yeah, no you know, toys. nothing, nothing super crazy, but like if I did. Set that flower right on the high point. I don't have a reference. Thing. Great. Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, reference. The bottom of the flower's got that peacock fields, peacock feather field to it. Yeah, you know, if I went through and I just did um, maybe a little, where's my spit shade brush? You know, if I just took a little bit of like brown, like tan, like a neutralized brown down at the bottom coming off from the the bottom of it, and then layered in some ochres to give it that like, almost like that kind of gold look. Dude, you're crushing like that. (laughs) <laughs> your method there for, for coloring that stuff in. We got to talk, man. I, I, I am not using Procreate as well as what I should. Uh, dude, I, I, this is another thing that I could teach a class on. In fact, I have. Um, yeah. Your class is on that. Yeah, it's so fast. And I'm like so hands-on. Like I could read about that stuff all day long. But unless I'm at, like, if I physically do it once through, it just sticks. So we are definitely, I'm going to have to buy you a drink and we're going to have to sit down and, and talk about that. Whole Dude, I'll, I'll teach you all about it, man. I'll tell you exactly what tools to pick up. Um, yeah. It's one of those situations where when you have someone that's in the know, that knows what they're doing with it, it can make a world of difference. Yeah. But, you know, giving yeah. that yeah. like a bronze kind of color, maybe lighten that. that up a tiny bit. Um. Jason, have you played with the 3D modeling at all on Procreate? I have not, um, just because I don't really, not that I don't need it. It's just that for the amount of time I would invest into doing it, I almost find that it's counterproductive, if that makes any sense. Um, Oh, uh, I guess... I should be a little bit more specific, um, more so for like tattoo mock-up, like get, like buying a model where it's a person and then you can put like your tattoo on their arm, their leg, wherever part and use that to show how you'd like to place your tattoos even. I mean, that's, that's definitely something that I could do, but once again, I'm one of those people where I would get so involved with it that I don't know if it would really be productive if that makes any sense, because I, you know I dive headlong into things, right? Like I, I just go straight off the deep end. So for me, it's like, OK, how many of these do I need to get together? Are people actually going to get it done where I want to do it? Um, is it going to be worth the amount of time that I'm going to spend working on it to do that? You know, or I could just like come up with a design and be like, oh, where would you want to put it? cool, let's do it there, you know? Um, And I find that that stuff works really well for laying out. You're talking about laying out like the whole arm and everything. Um, Yeah. You know, with things like, uh, like Japanese style and stuff like that, I find it to be like, it's, it's so much more organic when you can work directly with the client on those things, but for the 3d modeling, right. Like the stuff that I've experienced and, and, and watched other people do is it, it seems to be the most effective when trying to design biomechanical stuff. 
because I, I mean, you're just, you, you get infinite possibilities over and over and over again. And that's not to say that that doesn't exist when doing a Japanese sleep. But a lot of times I find that like the elemental stuff with, with Japanese is like, I, I try to think in terms of like it already existing on the person's arm. And then I just got to find it. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, we know we want to do a koi fish, but like, where are the waves at? They're there. You just got to kind of carve them out. But on like on, on one of those just random 3D modeling arms or legs or backs or something like that. I mean, I could play on one of those for hours, just playing with positive and negative shapes and stuff like that, you know, and it just seems to lend itself so well to that biomet. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I was playing with I got given some for Christmas by my parents, actually, and uh, I was playing with them and I have some parts where it just like doesn't lay out it like warps weirdly around the body yeah and i yeah. can't really get like a straight up like good mock-up i can get like a good weird angle where you get most of it but it's never like 100 percent if you're trying to have it be like a big piece so i usually like i'll um my problem would be like i uh I said, and we lost you it's kind of sticky and i'll never all the way around tucking in all the areas so it's like sucked down to their skin really tight and then i'll i'll make my my marks with a, a sharpie on top of that mark everything off where the high points are where the flow is the elbow the creases peel it off stick that down somewhere flat and then i take a couple pictures of their arm with my ipad you know rotating from different angles and i'll set up those pictures in the ipad and then i take a it sounds a little complicated but like that that saran wrap tracing that i do I'll now measure that with a, tail, um, a uh, measuring tape, see how, how big I need to make the canvas, right? And then I'll make a canvas that's that size on the iPad and then drop the pictures of the arm into it and then just lay them next to each other so I can kind of lay it out. It's, a, you know, it's not a complete 3D model, but I get a better idea of how much no, space for I'm sure. actually with. Yeah, and like, and, you know, knowing what the arm is like and where the flow is, because sometimes it was like, that's why I was saying with the Biomex stuff, like, I wouldn't use that to mock up somebody's, you know, exact thing or anything like that, just to kind of get an idea of where things might go, because they do, they, they warp weird when you're, you're trying to, you know, put certain things in there that it, it wouldn't behave the same way on somebody's body. Like, have you, have you guys yeah. ever done the thing where you, uh, where you have to do like the reverse curve on something because you know, once you lay it onto the body part, it's going to bend upwards. So you're, you're like, you purposely have it bend down a little bit because whatever shape it is it's you know you have like a, a a rainbow type of a curve to it slightly because when you lay it on the body you know it's gonna warp and bend upwards anyway so i have done that a little bit um just because that it's kind of critical with certain pieces you have to take that into consideration right yeah. you have to take the way is this going to bend up down is it going to be bend to the left or right like yeah. you need to understand the way that that design is going to sit on the body in order for it to look right in the long run. Bro, you got to drop some lime green into those little tiny bends at the top, those real thin ones. No, no, no. I've got something else for those. What do you got? Hit me with it. Peacock blue. Yeah, mm. there you go. There you go. Everything's always better with blue. Yeah, I like the peacock blue with like yes. this golden yes. ochre tone, this kind of like naturalized golden ochre tone. 
complimentary colors, man. Yes. Yeah, man. It's Sometimes good. I'll go with like a teal instead, like a darker teal. Yeah. I feel like the teal might stand out more against all that black. Yeah, or like a seafoam. 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 There you go. Yeah, mint. Mint. Seafoam. Aqua. Love it. Like, yes. Look at that. I put aqua in everything I can. Yeah, it's the perfect complementary color. You great. just have to be careful when you're using teals, yeah. aquas, stuff like that. It's a very, very strong, very powerful color. And it can very it quickly and easily overwhelm a piece. It can. Yeah. Yeah. I only use it with four different colors. Like, I, I mean, I try not to go outside of that box because then, well, if you control yourself and stay within those limits, then you won't ever have that issue. But like, I'm an aqua person, so it's hard not to use it on every little thing. I just want to stick it and everything. But right. Well, it's I, such I do. An That's awesome why I painted color. my shop that color, man. It makes all the artwork pop off the walls. As soon as people walk in, they're like, wow. And I got oh, like yeah, we have 26 the same color ceilings in here. Ooh. Yeah. Like, I've been painting my shops. Um, aqua with black trim for years and like it really makes all the artwork pop and it really I always tell people on a tattoo like they're like you know they're trying to be a little bit basic on the finish thinking that it has to do with money or whatnot you know I always say you know it's not really it's not exactly always about money I mean obviously it is but in general we already have the needles busted out we've already sat here and put the work in and, and I still feel like a little bit lackluster so like putting aqua a nice glow in the background. It, it it can totally make something out of nothing real quick. Like it's definitely the bells and whistles of a of a new school piece. I feel absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Jason, that looks awesome, bro. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I like that together. Absolutely. I like that sunburst too, coming off on the pedals, like those little the, yeah. those lines coming out. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, it's just like little stuff, man. It's it's little quick that stuff whistle. that. that and I mean, so a design like this, you know, any artist should be able to knock it out fairly quickly. It's oh, yeah. not like it's super complex. It's not like it's super detailed. It's just you know very easy, very quick, very simplified. Um, there's not too much to it. It's you know browns, yellow ochre. Uh, a little bit of teal or like, um, I mean, you could even get away with doing something like a, um, uh, what's like a Tiffany blue would work really, really well. Um, you know, just something to help offset it, but you don't want it to be super dulled out or super washed out. You want it to be nice and vibrant, but just simple and solid, right? Yeah. And then that's sure. going to stand out like there's no tomorrow. I would even That'd probably go through and do something like this just to frame it off. Maybe sweep in from here, here, here. Nice. Here and here. Right. Just to, you know, just to frame it off a little bit. Have that nice. accent right next to that like tealish blue. Awesome, you know, so something like that would be cool. Um, you know, and that's what's hilarious is it's the color in. I'm waiting for the convention to come around, and you're going to be tattooing that on somebody because somebody just saw it. Hopefully, yeah, hell yeah. I mean, I got I got all kinds of stuff like this I would love to tattoo. Um, I actually did an analog painting of this that's framed and hanging up in the studio. Um, 
you know, and that could fit really well on like an upper arm. I mean, even something similar to this would work well. You know Um, me, I like that hand. Yeah, you do like hands. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, something like this with like a rose in the middle. Awesome. Those flames are killer. And actually, I did that once again as an analog painting. Um, Let me switch over to this guy. So this is the actual analog painting, and I'll zoom out a bit, too. Dude, you crushed the highlight, man. That's a painting? Yeah. Yeah. With acrylics again? Uh, Liquid acrylic, yeah. Jason has got me hooked on liquid acrylics. I have literally bought out Michaels. I don't think they have any. (laughs) That was you? I like Doc Martens, personally, but... Yes. um, But, yeah, so I this is... um, this was all done by hand and it took me an absolute crazy amount of time to do it. But I started throwing in these like little washed out, like old school roses in the background. Um, But if you look carefully, you can see the rose underneath the glass. Very nice. That looks popping. This is incredible. Yeah, I started out, I just stained the paper first and then went through with all my gray washes, added some white highlights to it and a little bit of color here and there. But, you know, I wanted to keep all my whites for the glare off of the glass. You know, so and actually let me spotlight this so people can actually see. Like some of the detail that's in it. And may I add the liquid acrylics last forever. I mean, well, they, not as much all you need is like, a drop in general, like. Oh my God. Yeah. Using caps. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been tattooing a long time and it's like when I, I watched Jason one day and he, I, I can't remember the design he um, threw up, but man, it was sick. And when he said he painted it, I was like, wait a minute. That's not because it had a white background. I'm like, that's not his iPad. What the hell? Yeah. I literally had to screenshot that frame and go back and look at him. Like, man, that is, that is really a painting. What the hell's going on? And then I accidentally caught you talking about liquid acrylics one day. And I'm like, love them. Liquid acrylics. Like, absolutely okay, love them. Of course, liquids, you know, acrylics, liquids. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then I like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to Google this. And what is he talking about? And then I realized that it's, it's pretty much the, the calligraphy inks. Like, it's, it's yeah. pigment. It's badass pigment. I mean, in all honesty, like this right here, I don't know if you guys see it. Like, where are we at? Uh, hold on. Let me That's so pretty. Yeah, this is another guy that I have up for grabs. Uh, I just finished that one up the other day. Super small, super simple. Nothing crazy. You know, very basic as far as like its color scheme. But, you know, it's a small little jammer for like an upper deltoid or something like that. Ball of a calf. You know, I always like sticking with that like semicircular, like teardrop kind of shape, like upside down teardrop shape, Mm -hmm. just because it gives you the right flow, but you can put it almost anywhere. Mm hmm. You know, if you rotate it a little bit, you can put it so that it's got more of a a downward flow uh, kind of in. Let me just grab. You know, if you rotate it a little bit, you can give it a downward flow in this direction. Um, and it's still got that nice circle there. So it brings your eye back up and around. You know, if we've reversed the image, it's got the same thing going in the opposite direction. 
you know, but it also brings your eye back up and around this way with these leaves. So it's yeah. constantly moving your eye all the way around the whole thing. You know, and that's one thing that I was I really try to focus on is move your eye around the piece, you know, mm -hmm. using diagonal lines and directional lines to kind of really force your eye. Because right here, right in the middle where this pure white is, that's going to become your focal point. Right. Because pure white always stands out from everything else. Mm -hmm. So from there, you want your eye to move around the rest of the piece to see everything else. So I try to focus on that a lot whenever I design things, something, well, design things for specific body parts. Um, this is another design I was working on that I haven't quite finished yet. It's another like love potion bottle, you know, very simplistic, a little bit bigger as far as scale and size and detail goes, but um, would still be an absolute blast to tattoo it. So yeah, I've got all kinds of stuff that I'm trying to tattoo at the show. And I this is a small smattering of like the designs I bring with me every year. Smattering. From like, a great word. You know, geometric uh, cherry blossoms, right? It's got the geometric kind of feel to it because everything's radial, but it's still a cherry blossom based on its basic composition. Um, you know, other geometric type traditional flowers i would love to tattoo this on someone you know it might take me a little while because it's like eight inches wide but you know it's it'd be super fun it's not complex i try to keep everything i design and everything i want to tattoo at a show a bit more on the simplistic side just because you know unless you have someone that's willing to book out all day and pay for all day they want something small and quick they're not necessarily mm -hmm. going to want to sit down and spend 12 hours getting something tattooed. Right. You know, here's a few other designs that I came up with for last year's Philly show. You know, I got some moths in there. Nice jeweled moth piece. I can't wait to get an iPad. You know, I got some other stuff too, like this little slug guy I would love to tattoo. The snail with the mushrooms in the background. Nice. nice. Like ghost mushrooms. Exactly. Yeah. You know, fun stuff. Um, even stuff like this, right? Take on a fleur de lis, but you know, you throw a traditional rose in the background and boom, there you go. <clears throat> Trying to do a Harry Potter portrait or something for the convention. I have not done one yet. Yeah. So I stay away from portraits, man, as much as I can do them. I try not to just because there's so many people out there that can do them way better than I can. And I want people you to know. get the best tattoo possible. Yeah. I'm doing Saturday. I think I'm tattooing uh, this guy, Mark Madkin, who is a, uh, he's a Philly tattooer. Um, he's getting, uh, we did a wolf man on him years ago. Um, and uh, he's doing a Bella Lugosi uh, Dracula. Nice. Have not done that one yet. Uh, so I like doing stuff like that. I mean, I know other people have done all of these different versions of that stuff, but I, I like doing ones that I haven't done. That's definitely one that's been on the list to do. So, done a few Frankenstein's, but I have not done a Bella Lugosi Dracula. 
see, I always have the most respect for, you know, people that do that kind of stuff, because as much as I would love to do more of it, I almost don't want to do more of it because I, I kind of feel like sometimes people get pigeonholed a little bit too much or people will see something that they, that you do. That's more like fine line detailed or anything like that. And then they're like, Oh, well, if he can do this, he can do my infinity sign really, really well. And it's like, yeah, I can, but like, come on, really? Right. Yeah. That's so frustrating. You're like a racehorse that they want you to just walk around the lawn. Yeah, exactly. It's like, come on now. How about we do that, but we make it a full sleeve and we'll just do infinity. One big <laughs> one with like a whole bunch of tiny little guys. Infinity, we'll some like tiny, negative infinity. space in there. Like We can make this look I, really awesome. I want an infinity symbol hands. made up of. Yeah, I want mine made up of smaller infinity symbols. And then in each one of those. <laughs> dates and death dates of every one of my family members. And, and then names. my kids zodiac yes. signs. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. In yeah. white on my ribs. In white. Yep. Uh, we even get in an influx of uh, young, not really tat- heavily tattooed uh, people asking for hand, finger, and neck tattoos. It has been kind of concerning. I tell people flat out right off the bat, like, I'm sorry, but I'm not doing that on you. Yeah. it's. Un- I mean, these kids are 19 years old. This, this one kid goes... Uh, He's like, I want to, I want to get this. It was a ridiculous symbol. Like, I, I don't even know what it was for. I forget what it was, I, what game it was for or something like that. He wanted to get it on the, I think it was the Mortal Kombat dragon that you want on the top of his hand. He's like 19. And the guy I work with was like, I'm not doing that, man. He's like, if you want to put it on your wrist or something, we can do that. He goes, all right, well, how about my neck? He goes, no. He's like, I'm like, put it, like, why put it somewhere else? So, you know what the kid does? He goes, listen, man, he's like, you know, you're more than welcome to have your deposit back. You know, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. So the kid goes out, comes back the next day, less than 24 hours later, has eight or nine tattoos that quickly, all small, some on his top of his hand, some going up his forearm, one on his finger, one on the side of his neck. He did it all. Dang, like he went okay, somewhere. Yeah, they bro. just they did all these like little tiny things. And I mean, they were small, like pork chop style. And a guy Kyle I work with goes, "Well, you already signed the lease, so uh, I guess I'll paint the walls however you want." What did you want on the back of your hand? Right. So <laughs> I don't. At that point, he's like, "You already went out and did everything you're not supposed to do." Yeah. <laughs> and you, you know, know, I love doing hands. I, I love doing hands. I will do hands like, every uh, chance I get, but. When people come in wanting that and you, you know that you shouldn't do that or you, you don't want to do that or they're too young or whatnot, the, what I've always done is take them right to the computer and, and I, oh no, I totally get you. What I do is take them to, to, to save for argument, you know what I mean? Like going back and forth, it's just purposeless because they're never going to listen. Like he didn't, he went somewhere else and got them done. What I do is take them right to the computer and show them every piece of shit hand tattoo I possibly can. And be like, look, this is what happens. <laughs> I mean, it does yeah. work. It works a lot when they sit there and see. See, I mean, people don't see is the vast amount of artwork that a lot of artists do, obviously, because they don't yeah. do what we do for a living. So, for the most part, I mean, if you can expose them to what you're talking about, because odds are they probably haven't seen really bad hand tattoos. 
So, yeah. I mean, they searched what they wanted to get and they went right to the best one they see and they brought in, I want this right here on my hand. And that's the length most of, of the how much homework they've done. Real. Yeah, most yeah, of the right? time that shit's just Photoshopped. Anyway, I mean, they're all just so hyped up to get like the Post Malone, Lil Wayne starter oh, yeah. kit. They oh, just, you know, they face kit. tats, neck, neck tattoos, the whole thing. It's all and the young look- girls coming in. What's that? They all just want to look like a doodle bear. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, trying, <laughs> to, they're trying to look apart. You know, it's it's a um, yeah. It, it, I guess things come and go in waves. I've just noticed that more recently, over the past, we'll say three three months or so, for like you know, just before Halloween up until now, it just seems like it's been uh, they've been coming in more and more, asking for the same things. So young girls wanting their fingers tattooed. But, barely taking no for an answer you know like really trying to like push the i just want to i want the letter right here it's not going to look good and we have to do the same thing we show them pictures but you know there there is a there at a certain point you know there's the the told you twice rule you know so we told that kid twice it was not a good idea he went out did it anyway and then came back and then at that point it's like all right well you've already said no to a job with benefits so here we go right well, I think you I think this brings up a very important topic, and it's something that I've yeah. proposed out to several different artists in many different areas. You know, and it's something that I I have my own feelings and thoughts about it, which I will be happy to discuss later on. But how does everyone here feel about, you know, accepting responsibility for doing the tattoos? on hands, on faces, stuff like that, on people that are young that don't have any work. Because it used to be a very taboo thing where that was like the place of last resort, right? Like out of all of the places you could get tattooed and you want to jump straight to your hands, back in the day, that was a big no-no, right? You didn't do that because people knew that that was a job stopper. Um. You know, they knew that you're not going to be able to go through and get a decent paying job with benefits after that, unless you're an auto mechanic, um, a construction worker, plumber, maybe, you know, there's there's a lot of trades and craftspeople that can do that and get away with it. And that's fine. More power to them. But if you wanted to go and say work in information technology, work for the government in some aspect work for a job where you have a 401k, where you have a retirement package or fully paid health benefits or anything like that. That's pretty much out the window. Um, It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, you know, like a writer and author, you're coming up with a name of a book and then writing the story. Right. You know, it's like save, save your hands for, for later. I'm not saying don't get your hands tattooed. I'm saying you have all of this other space to, to work with that you could easily get done you know um it's just uh yeah i i don't um i'm not i'm not fully on board like i i have enough people i i think you know most of us do where we're busy enough that we can respectfully decline a job if we feel like it's bad juju you know what i mean like I have no problem doing that. And I'll do everything in my power to convince somebody, you know, I I think that's one of my stronger traits actually is my ability to be able to talk clients into what would 
what I would consider be a, a better tattoo for them, you know, and that's not coming from a place of arrogance. It's just coming from a place of experience, you know, like, Hey man, like I, I, I get, you want to do this, this thing. I think it's a great design. I just feel like it might fit better here. And here's why, you know, and try and lay yeah. it out for them. I, um, I, I, I try to, uh, I try to, to stay consistent in everything that I do and say in my shop. Um, I realized from, you know, tattooing a long time and, and, um, tattooing up and down the East Coast um, in many shops that were great, not so great. And um, what I think I mainly learned was what not to do. Right. And um, more than anything, you know. So with that being said, like, I am very matter of fact, and I've known pretty much my whole life. It's not what I say, it's how I say it. So I have to be very aware of myself because I'm not meaning anything disrespectful. But I, I think, you know, people take me that I come off like an asshole because I'm very blunt. I'm, I'm behind what I say. So I just repeatedly ask the same questions each time somebody comes in and wants those things. I don't really waver. Um, oops, sorry. I don't really waver what I do and how I do it very often. So I just, if they come in and they're too young, um, I just ask them the same scenario questions. And if I, f I feel if someone can't talk to me with the, um, the education is the, the correct word words, um, correct description, the enthusiastic, uh, you know, uh, the way that they should feel about it, then obviously, just like any tattoo, who's going to want to do that? So I think that it weeds itself out when you sit there and say, okay, well, what do you know about hand tattoos? Do you realize it does this? Do you realize you're going to have a hard time finding a job? Why do you want this tattoo? What's it for? You know, and go through the same consistent questions all the time. Like, they pretty much, if, if, they know what they're talking about, then it's a different story. But if they don't, then they talk themselves right out of it, really. And they sit there and listen to themselves talk and they realize they know nothing about the tattoo they're trying to get. I mean, if you stay consistent with questions and policies and stuff like that, so it doesn't look like you're weeding out a young customer from an older customer or a customer that may want hand tattoo as opposed to someone that wants one on their ankle. Um, I just think that you should stay consistent in that just like you do with your products. You know, if you use the same machines, the same needles, the same this, the same that, not to say that you shouldn't try other things, but yeah, you should. But if you, if you stay consistent, as soon as something goes wrong, you know, immediately what it is, it's going wrong. You know, if, if your machine's fitting or whatnot, it, you know, it's because you, you know, if you're in a coil, you, you've got these different rubber bands because they were cheaper or whatnot. Maybe they're, they're bigger or thicker. Like, you know, if you stay consistent, you know what the problem is as soon as you have the problem, because that's the only thing that you changed, you know? Right. So I just, that's kind of how I do it. That way they don't feel, uh, you know, weeded out from anybody else or targeted that you're just not going to do it because they're young. You know what I mean? Like it, that famous thing, one uh, happy client will bring you five, but one pissed off client will bring you, or like take away 10. <laughs> right. In a small town, it's like take away 50. You know what I mean? God forbid you piss anybody off because <laughs> you have morals yourself and you don't want to tattoo somebody's hand to keep them get a job you know god forbid you care so one, of the, one of the questions i always like to ask is um what do you plan on doing for a living especially if the person's right. younger i always like asking that question because if you know they're going into construction or they are a plumber or an auto mechanic or something like that where it's going to be fine they're not really going to worry about it too much um, it's not really going to affect them getting too much of a job, then, okay, I'll factor that in. 
Um, right. If someone says, oh, I'm, I'm trying to be a teacher, uh, which I've had happen. Oh, I'm trying to, um, you know, work in information technology or I'm trying to, you know, uh, you know, work in the music industry or work for, you know, Sony Pictures or uh, make movies or something like that. It's like, OK, well, guess what? Um, pretty much. And this is coming from working in an environment, a corporate environment, you know, because I used to do that. I used to be white collar no and all that color. stuff. I know the way that they think. So I propose a hypothetical situation to them. I ask them to go through and imagine a scenario where you're a hiring manager and you're responsible for hiring people. Okay. That is your sole job. You have two clients that come in both with identical applications and backgrounds. They're both extremely qualified for the job, but not overly qualified. Same age, same everything, right? Pretty much identical twins. If you think about it. One has, and they both have full sleeves and hand tattoos, and it's for a sales job, right? They both have the exact same amount of tattoos. One person spent lots and lots of money going through and getting gorgeous tattoos done that are real true works of art. Um, they look absolutely fantastic. They fit and flow with the body great. Uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong. You can tell that they invested time, money, and energy into getting gorgeous tattoos done by, you know, some very, very reputable artists. The other guy had his cousin that may have passed away um, start learning how to tattoo on them, and they covered their arms, hands, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe it's not the best work, but the tattoos have a lot of sentimental value, right? And you know, that's like the last thing that they have from that individual, you know, tattoos mean the world to them. They're never going to get them removed or lasered or anything like that. You know, this is like the last remnant that they have of that person. But the tattoos look like trash, right? You can tell someone was just starting out, didn't have an, a clue what they were doing. Um, and the tattoos just look absolutely terrible. I said, now you have a choice. Who are you going to hire? Well, you don't want to hire the guy with the tattoos that don't look very good because that's going to, that's not going to put off a very good um, kind of vibe to your potential clients that you're trying to sell to. Even if those tattoos have the most sentimental meaning in the world, they're still not very visually appealing, right? But at the same time, you know, you could go through and hire the guy that has the really well done tattoos. But the problem you get into is what's your justification for not hiring the guy with the sentimental tattoos, right? Because now you're working on something that's subjective as opposed to objective. And if you're a hiring manager, you can't hire based on subjectivity. You have to try to stay objective with your hiring. You know, so the only ethical thing at that point in time you you technically should be doing is not hiring either one of them, right? Because you don't want to risk anything or anyone coming between you and that sale, right? You don't know, you know, what said person is going to be doing. You don't know, but it's not worth the risk, right? 
I take that situation and I ask them to try to figure out who, do, who should you hire, right? Because it's not fair to reject the person that has the sentimental tattoos. Right. Right. And this is what hiring managers at a lot of major corporations take into consideration. That's why you still have companies out there that have no visible tattoo policies because they, they objectively cannot justify rejecting someone's application based on the fact that they have visual tattoos. Like that's, they shouldn't, they could, but they shouldn't be rejecting people based on that, which is true. But that's what these hiring managers think about, right? And they have to take that into consideration if they want to make the sale and if the company, you know, wants to stay afloat. So I try to explain it to them in those kinds of terms. I said, and these are, these are decisions that are still being put forth in place to make things fair and um, objective for people that are looking to get a job. Now, do you want to be hired or do you not want to be hired? Right? So alienating myself from, from other, uh, from certain people by saying this, but I'm, I'm going for the laugh anyway. Uh, you, Jason, you and I talked about this before the, um, the Boston sleeve. Yeah, absolutely. The kids, kids that have their neck tattoos their forearm tattoos, they take their shirt off. Nothing, nothing on the torso, nothing on the upper arm. It's all hands, forearms, neck. You're talking about the millennial bodysuit. And it's like the millennial bodysuit. Yeah, I know of it as the Oakland bodysuit. Years ago, we yeah, to call same it, thing. Yeah, we used to call it the, the Boston sleeve. Yeah, <laughs> from your elbows down to your fingertips. Yeah, the uh, the millennial bodysuit. I mean, even when even when they're one. even when they're good tattoos, right. even when they're good tattoos, they don't. I don't know, man. It, it was like something just doesn't look right. Like what's that, the, that meme that's been going around for years now, the picture of Hannibal Burris, like looking like kind of suspect. And it says amazing tattoos on their body. It's like that you, <laughs> you wonder like at a certain point, like, like, is this all manufactured? And if they're going through that much effort to manufacture an appearance, what else are they going to be manufacturing? You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> that's a personal opinion with that kind of thing. But I, 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 your analogy is is spot on. I mean, you know, the, the objectivity versus subjectivity is just, it's a really interesting point. Yeah. It's, you know, you get into a real big catch 22 situation because as much as we want to think that things are changing in certain industries and certain jobs, they're not, Um, you know, and I can't, I can't really fault any kind of like a corporate policy on it, but you know, it's like these decisions that people make to get tattooed in certain places in certain areas for an aesthetic appeal probably aren't some of the best ideas, you know, Yeah. as much as we want to think that it's not going to impact future job opportunities, there's a chance that it will. You know, what don't about get me face wrong. tattoos? Like all these, like people act like it's not a big deal. Like, well, I just want to, you know, I want a little heart right here, or I want a diamond over here, and it's like I, 
I, I don't know. I'm, I, I feel like to what end, like why, you know, it's you're, you're 25 years old. This is going to look like garbage by the time you're 50. And then, you know, when people. And we lost him. I got to head out though. Y'all have a good one. You too, man. Right, Be guys. safe. Yeah. I'm going to sign off too, Jason. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, anytime, man, anytime. And I'll be in touch over the next few days. Sounds good, brother. Take care, everybody. All right. You too, man. I mean, it goes down a road too, Jason. Like, to what end, like, um, is it then you just, not, not that I agree on doing it or not doing it, but for the sake of argument, I mean, when is it that you're just, you know, you're shopped at services as well, like, you know, they're of age. They're, they're, they have money. They, they're, they're knowing what they want done. They don't want something stupid, you know, things of that nature. Like, you know, cause they will go down the street and spend their money somewhere else. Right. And that's, right, guys? that's the rub, right? That's <laughs> it, it where is, it is the rub. That's I mean, where things get into a very sticky situation because, you know, if you know that they're going to go right down the road and spend the money at another studio, because they absolutely have to have this one tattoo that means right. the absolute world to them. And they definitely need it on their cheek, you know, because yeah. they can't have it anywhere else because they need to show this as a symbol of pride or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. See, that's you know, a different story. I won't, I won't play that game either. But I mean, but if, if they're, if they're, if, if they're, adult if they're educated about they've educated themselves about it you know what i mean like i think each situation is each situation right it matters you know what i mean everything is and it does it does matter um and having someone that's well educated in the potential results having someone that's educated Mm -hmm. in the potential repercussions of it and still deciding to go through it anyway okay um I mean, that person's on their, well, their way to becoming a collector, right? <laughs> they I mean, could be. You never know. Right. Um, I feel you know, like but that comes down to personal ethics. What's that? I feel like as long as you do your due diligence of warning them. And Absolutely. Pick what they want to do. That's their body, their choice. And yep. they can deal with the consequences. Right, right. That's what I mean. Like, that's why I went and said how, how, like, I was consistent in my questions and, 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 well, for lack of better words, my judgment towards everyone that walks in the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? I try to, like, stay steady with the same questions and the same concerns on everything. You know what I mean? That way. You can't be responsible for other people's choices. Right. I mean, you can definitely be responsible for picking and choosing what you're doing. But right. Obviously, then we, if we didn't do something, we, well, we'd all be broke with. Motherfuckers, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not about the money, but it's about the money. I think that's the most said thing on um, uh, the reinventing network is um, it's not about the money, but it's about the money. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's our it's what we do for a living. So obviously, it's about the money, but it's about our respect for tattooing and and that person's respect for it as well. I mean, there's got to be got to be a gift somewhere, right? Yeah. Just do be. the best job of like um, that's how they can get on their cheek (laughs) yeah it's you know but everyone's got their own opinions on certain things and i respect that you know sure um you know i used to work for a guy that was like listen if we don't do it someone else is going to do it and we need to make the money 
So we're going to do it. You might not want to do it, but you're going to do it because if you don't take their money, someone else will. That's why I said that, Jason, like me and you kind of learned it in the same, you know, uh, in the same way right there with that, like not in a, in a, in a messed up way, like, oh, you want to do it no matter what? No, I mean, like I said, they still had to have common sense about it and you had to warn them about what's going to happen, this or that, but still yet they're going to go, they're going to go buy them tires somewhere else if their tires need replaced, man. So, I mean, why let the shop down the street have the money? Like, (laughs) they're there in your shop right then and there. As long as they're not flipping out and acting a fool, well, you are a service shop. Service them up for the most part. Yeah, and I think think a lot of it comes (laughs) down to, you know, personal ethics and personal, uh, you know, personal views on certain stuff like that, you know. I'm one of those people where it's like me as an artist, do I need the money, the money that right. I would charge for doing someone's face tattoo? Right. No, right. Dude, not necessarily. That's a calling card, you know, like. It, and that's, that one, that's what it takes, you know, right. sometimes you just have to look at it in that kind of a way. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I one time was told you do every tattoo like it's your last, because if you don't, well, it might be your last because your last one only depicts how good you are for your next one. And right. it's true. Like that's why they keep coming is because someone's seen so, 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 and so, and we all know that we haven't done the best tattoos, even still, if we've been tattooing for a long time, we still got those bad days where skin's are not right. You're not right. Everything's not right. Like, Oh shit. Wish I didn't come to work today. Right. Right. <laughs> but I mean, isn't that weird? Like, it's like how you do something a thousand times. Like I talked about consistency, but like on this day, damn, nothing's working. I feel like it's like my first day as an apprentice or something. But um, mm. yeah, like doesn't that isn't that weird? Yeah, on the days you never expect, or like when you're in a super hurry, God, it never fails. But yeah, like I, I, you do every tattoo like it's it's your last one because it could be if you don't. Right. And I do try to keep that in mind. I mean, as best as I really can, and I do think of it often because we none of us think that we do the best tattoos. Even if we did do the best tattoos, we don't think we did. You know. Right. Well, and that's standard for this industry. So, right. You know, but it's, it's just a matter of learning and taking things in stride and, you know, just trying to keep pushing forward no matter what, you know, we have to push forward because if we stop and we get discouraged and, you know, we turn around and say to ourselves, Hey, listen, I, uh, I can't do this anymore. Well, then you shouldn't be doing it, right? Stop then and let someone else who's got that kind of a, a drive behind them, let them pick up the mantle, let them keep doing it. You know, let them push forward and take that spot because there's a pretty good chance they're busting their ass to get to be in that position that you're in. For sure. That is 100% true. And you know, like I always say, artists are bees, dude, we're important because like, you know, old Bob Ross is gone and things of that nature. No more Dolly. And there's anybody can get famous on the internet in 2.5 seconds. Being famous now isn't like being famous years ago. And right. And, and artists or, or tattoo artists are necessary. Um, we're the bees. Like without, without tattoo artists being the bees, how will anybody know about the past? Like literally that's, that's what's popular is, is, is tattoo artists. That's who people remember. You don't, really hear people talking much about other kind of artists like um i think 
the tattoo artist literally made Instagram happen. Oh, with without question. 100 literally dominated Instagram. But if you look at if you look at the statistics and you look at the history, right, Um, even back as far as like 2003, one of the most Googled terms, one of the most searched for terms on any search engine, according to Google um, in the early 2000s was tattoo. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Um, Which is amazing because it shows like, hey, this was relevant then. It's still going to be relevant years from now. This is, you know, this is where we are. This is what's Isn't that happened. Crazy? To us. Jason, like how long you've been doing this and how long I've been doing this? That's just like amazing to even think about. Well, even before like, I started doing tattoos professionally, like I was researching them. I'm one of those like weird people that I wanted to know what I was getting everything. into before I got into it. Sure. So I did my homework. I, I wrote every paper I could in college on it. I wrote my senior high school term paper on tattoos as a controversial topic in the workplace. Um, You know, I've researched historic and religious perspectives on it. I put in my time, you know, I wanted to know what I was going to be doing before I really decided to take that jump and it paid off. You know, I've with that effort, you know, I've read news articles uh, when in 2008, when the, the uh, housing market, you know, basically collapsed and everyone was broke and there was this massive recession going on. You want to know what the number one thing that men would spend their money mm-hmm. on to make themselves feel better? Yeah, maybe. Tattoos. Tattoos will always prosper it, during war, during famine, tattoos and prostitution. And that's facts. That's historical facts. It is true life. And we're not going to be replaced by robots because we're just not. That's a, that's a conversation done rain in the ground. But like in general, um, I, I didn't start like that. I didn't start like you was so into it that I researched everything. I kind of fell into it and then I become obsessed with the tattoo machine. Like oh, I, yes. I very, I very much so am a person that like I have to figure out how that works. Like, like you say, you have to find out every single thing about that. Me too. Like, every single damn thing about it because I don't like to talk about shit I don't know and then I stutter so then it makes I I hate that part but um in general like I don't like to look stupid I don't like to speak if I don't know what I'm talking about so if I'm shutting up it's because I know shit about it um so like I ain't going to get all up in that unless I know what I'm talking about the machine just fascinated me like it looks so simple so many people think it's just like oh it's a tattoo gun no guns kill people machines tattoo people like that's a machine and it it's very intricate, actually, big time. And people don't really realize that. And I just got so obsessed with it. And then right? tattooing came second. Like, tattooing completely came second. And then finally, when those things started to click, like, if it wasn't for uh, a dude named Jason Haney, he, uh, he owns Red Tail. Yep. I, I love his machines. Jason Haney is the reason why I know how to build machines. And I literally... Hands down, Jason, if you're watching, thank you. I've thanked him a million times. Jason Haney is the literal reason why I tattoo today. If it wasn't for him teaching me how to do everything to a machine, like I would not still be tattooing. He made me he, he made me love it because I understood it. Before that, I'm like using this object to do this, and I don't know how it's doing that. I can see it doing it, but I don't know how it's doing it. 
And um, I don't roll like that. Like I got to know that I can fix that or deal with it, or at least be able to explain it when it breaks down or whatnot. Like don't like to know, not know what I'm talking about. So right, right. Yeah. If it wasn't for Jason, man, that dude, he knows his way around a machine. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You no. Know, and it's people like that, that can really have an incredible impact on us, whether we realize it or not. For sure. Like, I don't think he ever knew that he did, but like we've talked about it before, we went back and forth about it. And I think he was pretty surprised when I told him that. And um, yeah, like Jason, really, really smart dude with a machine. And he's really quick to show you anything, anything you want to know, he'll show you. And he knows every damn part of him. That's for sure. Right. Well, I think we're about that time. Um, I would like to thank everyone for signing on today. We're going to start off and do some sign-offs. Wit, why don't you, um, I'll spotlight you for everyone. Why don't you go Uh, ahead and tell us how we can find you? And if you uh, rotate your phone to the side, we can get you in landscape. Oh, shit, sorry, dude. I forgot about that. (laughs) When you drown, it's uh, Iron Rose Tattoo Company. Find me on ironrosetattoo.inc and uh, social media sites, same thing, Iron Rose Tattoo Company. And uh, I jump on with um, Ricardo on Tuesdays, and today's my first day with Jason. So I think I'll come back soon. Thanks, oh, Jason, yeah. for having me. Thank you for and, being uh, on. Yeah, definitely. Amber, nice seeing you. You too. Uh, yeah, I'm going to shoot you a, 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 a text about, um, it's called Mac of All Trades. Okay. If you guys heard of it? You can get all kinds of Apple products there. Great prices, good quality, amazing place to shop for anything Apple. Mac of all trades. I heard you say you can wait for an iPad. Check it out. It's so good. I'm starting to shop for an iPad now. Yeah, Mac of all trades. Good spot. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Amber. Thank you, Jason. I'll see you guys soon. Sounds great. Take all care. Right, later, Gators. Uh, Amber, we'll switch over to you. Okay, as always, thank you for hosting on Sundays. I get so much work done, and I always learn so much from this show. It's awesome. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I am Amber Morgan, and you can find me on all social media sites, Amber Morgan. Awesome. Thank you very much for jumping in today. Really appreciate it. And um, we'll go over to Nicole. Um, you can find me as Nicole Williams Art on Instagram and TikTok. And thank you for hosting. Can't wait to see you in Philly. Hell yeah. It's going to be a great time. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, Ricardo, I would go through and spotlight you, but I know. Oh, wait, there he is. There's the man. Uh, um, we do need you. Yeah, to. Un- it's kind of loud in here, but let me show you what I got going on real quick. Uh, Oh, damn. Hell yeah, dude. That's sick, man. Hell yeah, bud. Nice. That's going to be awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, sorry I couldn't talk too much. It's kind of loud, and I don't want it to get muted because of the music in the background. So, peace out, y'all. Peace out. How can we find you? Uh, Ricardo Sordovant at on Instagram or Tuesday mornings here at 10 a.m. Eastern. Or Tuesday Feelings. 
Awesome. Thanks a lot for, uh, for jumping in today, man. Really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Anytime, anytime. And I'll catch you bright and early. Okay. See ya. Later. Take care. Thanks a lot, everyone, for jumping in today. As always, if you like today's episode, go through and hit that like and subscribe button. Let us know that you liked it. Um, Let us know if you have any questions, comments, concerns. As always, uh, this has been the um, Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group hosted on Sundays at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser.